0: topic today, let's let's mix it up. Let's mix it up. Let's talk about the future. But first, what are you reading? What are you reading lately?
1: Uh, lately, so based on per your recommendation, I'm in the middle of Henry Ford's autobiography. Oh, great book! Is it my is it my life and work, my work and my life, something something like, like that. Like that. Um, I'm also in the middle of. Thinking as a science, which is a reread for me. Uh, Henry Hazlitt, who's oh, Thomas yeah. that we're very familiar with. Um, very like thorough mm-hmm. look into how like as an individual you should approach intentional thinking. And I think one high, um Hazlitt is actually one of my favorite writers. Like, I just love his style, He's it's so very good. concise and she, you know, to the point and really cool fact about this book. It's one of my favorite books, actually. He was 22 when he wrote it, which no for way. this type of book is just kind of crazy to me. So it's a very, it's a very like wisdom feeling book. And you would imagine it, it feels like, Hey, here's a person that's been like thinking through this themselves yeah. for 30, 40 years. And the, he wrote it at 22, which is just kind of baffling to me. Um, and then I, I just actually, I've been on a slight econ kick as well. So I just got done. Never a bad thing. No. Um, rereading Economics for Re-pe- Real People, which. Uh, I haven't read that one. A bit of mine. Yeah. And then uh, on the side, I've just been reading like blogs and stuff on, on a lot of like growth and product development right now, actually.
0: That's a fun list. I yeah. Hazlitt's book, I can like picture the cover of it. It's been it's been four or five years, I think, since I read that. But it's got it's, the light bulb. It's yeah, the light bulb. It's, it's funny when it's like, man, I know I've read that book. Who is it? You said Hazlitt. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So many good books. Um the Henry Ford thing has been amazing. It's been amazing.
1: That first chapter, uh, I could like Reread, re-listen to that chapter over and over again. That that's it's, one of especially the, right now.
0: That's one of the most just like I don't know the right word right now. Just uh, the the first books in a while where it's like I have to own multiple copies of this. I need to go order the physical copy. I can't keep up uh, audiobooking. I need to underline and reread and chew on some of these ideas. Um, but it's funny that wasn't even on my list. I've been going down a rabbit trail, which I do is like, I read one book and they mention some other thing and then I start that and then read some other, I go down some other rabbit trail. So I was reading um, prosperity paradox by Clayton Christensen. Yeah. And it's, it's a cool book because it's, it, it talks about like instead of figuring out how to solve poverty, let's think about what conditions create prosperity in the world and let's look yep. at countries where there has been just absolutely devastating poverty and they've somehow had a, an economic turnaround. And let's look at it. And it reminds me it, it almost is yeah. kind of like wealth of nations type, but like much more mm-hmm. um business school modern day.
1: Yeah, I'm what I'm curious what are the what have you noticed that like are there big differences with his point of view versus just kind of the general macro case for free markets and stuff.
0: I, I think it if you really wanted to make a philosophical case or, or a case like that like it's very much free market leaning but it, but it it it's it's not so much just about trade about like establishing trade or whatever the the core Kind of idea from prosperity paradox is finding non-consumption in the world. So, like an example, um, there was not a low cost. Nobody, in, nobody in Africa had had mobile phones, and mm-hmm. it's because there's, there weren't towers there. It was too expensive for a phone. It was too expensive for service. And you, you go like traditional market researchers are like, you know, they look at market demand and they're they're like. They don't see Africa on the map for mobile phones because nobody's already has a mobile phone. And so they don't think right. of that as a market. And instead, this one guy's just like, there are people there and they have a problem. Like they have the same problem everybody does. Yeah, the same problem. Right. Yep. And the problem isn't that there's the, the problem is that nobody has has built the infrastructure. Nobody's gone in and solved this solution or or rethought how to solve this same problem in a different way for different people. Right.
1: With, without relying on the same infrastructure that, you know, has been in the U S that was built up more gradually over time. And stuff.
0: Yeah. So he, he dissects like 30 or 40 different instances of this in history across the world, like, like market changing innovations. One of the examples he uses is, Henry Ford and the development of the automobile, like in the in early United States or whatever, where um which, you know, reading that book, you get a little bit of different different glimpse into it. But Clayton Christensen's looking from the outside a hundred plus years later, and he's like, look at what Ford did. They didn't just build a car, you know, they went and built up they created filling stations, they created the roads, or they, you know, like the Department of Transportation, all these different things that didn't even exist. Like they came as a result of this innovation that, that Henry Ford was kind of like pulling the world into the future and like laying the foundation for all these different, um, innovations.
1: They built built like the modern company and probably like modern management philosophy too. Yeah.
0: And the cool thing about it is both the Ford example, which you get into if you read that book, but also the prosperity paradox is like there were all these other adjacent industries that no one ever thought of either they didn't exist or no one ever thought of using this industry in this way. So example, like steel or refineries or whatever. And, and Ford came in and like, you know, invented 400 different kinds of steel, tempered steel to get the right kind. And like, it's just funny because the conditions of creating prosperity are basically like, Somebody had to go create all these different markets in order to create this one thing that they, they had a vision for that people wanted, which, you know, transportation in the case of Ford, people wanted to yeah. be able to go see their families or, you know, like the creations of the sub of suburbs is another good example It's like suburbs didn't really exist before that.
1: Uh, yeah. But with so many people being employed at, you know, in one spot, then yeah. that creates the demand for suburbs. And it's like, okay, if you try to do that before that specific problem existed, yeah, there like nobody would want it.
0: Yeah, nobody, nobody wants to live, you know, forty-minute drive away if they don't have a car. Um, so, anyway, all of both of those books have just been—they've been—they've had my wheels turning about so many different things. And which brings up the kind of the bigger idea I want to talk about today is like the future. As I've been thinking about those ideas, I've been spending a lot of time in the past, like these historical examples. And I was just thinking about Ford in particular is like this guy saw something that nobody else did. There's no way that he didn't have some glimpse of where he wanted to go. He was just innovating at such a rapid pace. And so I've been looking out in the world and like, what are the things happening right now that excite me the most? What's the most interesting, maybe not the most interesting idea happening, but I've just been thinking about a lot of different things that really interest me. So I'm going to turn it well, over you to got.
1: you. What do you got? No,
0: no, no, okay. no, no. I want to kick things off. Yeah, go for it. So one of my side interests has always been grocery stores. And I think that's, you know, that was one of my first jobs. I had such a great experience or whatever. Uh, I loved it. I've, I've been thinking about grocery stores and the way we shop in general for a long time. I, you know, I, I wanted to create a, a delivery, a grocery delivery app years ago. Um, spec'd it all out when I was in college, didn't, didn't ever do anything with it, but I've been thinking about that and not just grocery stores, but just, um, shopping in general. Mm-hmm. And especially in the world we live in, like this, I, if, if, this pandemic change is going to change a lot of things or people are shopping centers even going to exist anymore. And one of the ideas that I was thinking about is the future where, so a future where I have a fridge that just orders things from grocery stores that uh, every time I'm out or my cabinets, like everything is self perpetuating, like, you know, filling back up. I never have to go do these things that are just a part of the way we already live. like, I go to the grocery store once or twice a week when I want to go buy clothes, you know, sometimes I look online, but I like to go touch things in stores. And I was just thinking about the like 50 year impact of innovations like that. What happens if kids grow up and, and doing these things that we take for granted are no longer a part of their life. Are they even going to do them? Are we even going to have grocery stores in 50 plus years? If, that's not a part of, of life as you grow up. And so I've just kind of been thinking about all, what are the other little things that we do right now
1: that aren't going to
0: belong in the future?
1: Yeah. So the trend is there's like less and less reasons based on necessity to leave your home Mm -hmm. or like leave your personal space. On on all fronts. So you have remote work. Yep. Um, homeschooling is becoming more and more accessible. Going to the grocery store, don't need to do that. Shopping for clothes, shopping for appliances, all that type of stuff. Like, if like, if somebody wanted to just okay, I'm going to live completely in one spot, they'd be able to do that today yep. now. So if you don't need to go out, why, what would be the reasons why you would go out? And like, if you look at it, it should be relatively simple. Of, All right, now I'm just going to, I'm going to go out for social reasons yeah. and to connect with people and everything. And if you have like, in theory, if these things are making qual, you know, quality of life, more affordable, then more people should have more, you know, income to, to spend for leisure activities.
0: Yeah, stuff. which that's, that's the exciting, I think, takeaway as I've been thinking about this, like, I'm not making an argument that a grocery stores aren't gonna exist, because I think they're like, I think in a lot of these scenarios, as technology um, makes things more economical, or whatever, like grocery yeah. delivery isn't something that's everybody can afford to do every time they need to go to the grocery store today but you know even in a future like they're probably like high end chefs or like local markets that you still want to be able to go get fresh produce somewhere well
1: or I mean, something becomes, like that maybe i mean even but like even those things like like why couldn't you just have fresh produce delivered i think probably it becomes could. but i i think then like you know for example we still have bookstores, Barnes and Nobles around and, and independent ones, Yeah, specifically serving, like everybody knows they can go get, order their books on Amazon now <laughs> and most people do. But it's like, hey, I have small kids. There's not a ton of options to, to do with them on a Friday night. Entertain them. We're going to go yeah. to Barnes and Noble for yeah. uh, an hour or two or something like yeah. that. And and then like, hey, go, I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't mind like having most of my groceries delivered. And the other cool thing about in the future is as the, as our like health and nutrition becomes more, you know, there's more tech infused with it. Then you can connect your, your health, your your unique diet requirements and stuff to your grocery delivery and, theoretically, like you don't even have to think about what to order. It goes no. from, all right, let's look at your health data to here's what belongs in your fridge and in your cabinets and yeah. stuff there. there and, hey, I set my budget and yeah. you just never think about it. There, When you start.
0: So every time I, I, I sit down and I start thinking about like one specific, you know, version of the future, like literally there's grocery stores, and the other day when I started going go down this rabbit trail on a walk, there are so many hundreds of other different like innovations that start to get really exciting where it's like, okay, so today you have like meal delivery. Um, or, or a common problem is a lot of people like hate to cook because they don't know how to cook or don't know what to cook or you have to go buy all these individual ingredients or whatever. But this, I like to think about this like a world where not only what you said, I don't even have to think about it, but maybe I'm paying a subscription to a chef that's literally just preparing things and everything I need shows up packaged Mm -hmm. together and I can pull them out of the kitchen, just like a meal delivery or whatever, but a much more economical one. Um, But I was thinking about this, take it a step further here, of making grocery delivery even more economical where you're doing it, you're delivering to an entire neighborhood straight from and, – and, like, grocery stores become more like Amazon delivery warehouses.
1: They're, yeah, they're warehouses. Yeah. They're warehouses. And that and means just, you don't need as many of them no. in a given area.
0: And the cost, you know, plummets. Anyway, that's that's been a fun idea that I've been thinking about lately.
1: I think – I mean, this isn't anything – super original or stuff, but (laughs) then you get to focus on like, okay, what makes a really awesome experience that gets me out of the house. Mm -hmm. So all that stuff should become better. And it's like, Hey, I should have like high being able to have access to high quality chef prepared meals at home. Then it's like, what, what's going to drag me out of the house? It's going to be the best experience possible. So it's like, Hey, you know, date night, every other week I'm going to, you know, I want live music in a private room or something, you (laughs) know, like you can probably like some people probably prefer to get more extravagant. Some people, I don't know, want to be amongst the people a little bit more, I guess, (laughs) something like that. So there's, there's a lot of cool stuff. I imagine, I don't know, maybe, maybe the next generation are actually really like strong homebodies because that's just what they're used to. I don't know but i mean i imagine as humans we we crave social interaction and like on a long enough time horizon that in my opinion that should win out versus the short term pain points of like what social media apps are doing yeah. to like teenagers right now well well it makes you
0: makes you wonder if if everybody starts working at home or a higher percentage of people begin to work at home and you got homeschooling and like so much of your industrious activities are now in the home. Like is everything outside the door now just going to be like leisure stuff? Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, even then I think you can kind of take a, a fresh look at the office workplace setting. Like there's still going to be plenty of people that want to have somewhere to go to work. Uh, that place will become more flexible. Like some, you know, we already have friends that work and just travel the world, and then they're they're working at co-working spots in Mexico City or in Southeast Asia and, and all this type of stuff. Or it's like, hey, like, love my family and stuff, but I will literally go crazy if I have to be around them twenty four seven. I I have a flexible situation where yeah. I'm going to a co-working spot once or twice a week, and I. I think there's really cool implications of that as it becomes more more of the norm like okay just like your choice and it's like okay it's it's really convenient now compared to 50 years ago to like move to a new city yeah so easy and by moving by making the choice to move to a new city from your hometown you are saying okay i'm choosing to be here and choosing to be around these people and stuff. And in an office place, like, okay, you know, back in the day, like, corporate man, he didn't feel like he had much choice in what his career was, period. Yeah. Certainly didn't have a lot of choice in going into the office and therefore being surrounded by the people he's surrounded by. So now you can choose to be around people not based on being employed by the same company. Yeah. what will people choose to how will how will people choose to make those decisions I think it's interesting yeah. you know i i it probably goes beyond more than just professional context of like you know I think a natural thing is like well I want to be like hey I'm one of two software engineers at this small company It'd be really cool to be around more software engineers so I can learn from them yeah. but who knows like maybe maybe those preferences are going to be made more on like social values and stuff. Yeah. Um, Which is what people make decisions on like where to live and everything. Yeah. I think,
0: I know this is an idea we've talked about too, but this just spurred another thing is like, when you think about how people are, it is still pretty easy to move to a city, but one of the hurdles is still like finding where to live and finding, you know, who are those people I want to be, your social interact, but,
1: your social circle, your social well, network.
0: I would be very surprised if some solution, some version of a solution, like pre-packaged, like you pay a subscription, you move, move around yeah. the country, your apartment's already there. There's a handful of people that you know, and you guys are just like nomading around the country, you know, different yep. cities like that. That seems like something that should exist today if it doesn't.
1: Yeah, a a slightly different take on that, especially like I keep hearing people talk about, you know, because of lockdown and everything, like, oh, I'm going to go build my compound now out in the middle of nowhere (laughs) and stuff. Like, could you, is there like a a business model to provide like compounds to groups of people? Like, all right, I'm going to get together with 10 of my friends. We all work remotely. There's you know, maybe we're all coupled up or most of us are coupled up or something. Let's go pick a spot in, you know, middle of the country, kind of off the beaten path and just have our own property and, and everything set up there. Like we have our own, Yeah. maybe it's probably multiple houses on the same property. You have more land and you, you live somewhat self-sufficiently. I don't know. I, there's something... There's some things I really like about that, and then some things I don't like about that.
0: It's it's very appealing. It's very appealing. Let's go set up our own little mini society. <laughs>
1: well, that, we're gonna do that over the next ten to. 15. That's that's no question.
0: Yeah, that that sounds like a lot of fun. All right, what other ideas you got? I I I would steer in that.
1: Um, I mean, one thing that's just always on on my mind is just how do people approach their careers with all these different yeah. changes coming, different innovations and, and whatnot. And just reading, reading a cool article blog post, something from James Bashara over the, I, I may be messing up the exact phrasing he uses and stuff, but essentially having multi-careers not just like, okay, over a 40 year span, I'm going to have like three to four different careers, Yeah. but having multiple careers at the same time. So oh, that yeah. could look like, you know, it's already happening in some cases now, but does that become more of the norm of like, okay, that I think it could look like a few different things. I'm doing sales and this is something we, we've talked about, like I'm doing sales, but I'm doing it for four different companies. Yeah, and that allows me to specialize in in the specific area where I have mastery, yeah. and that allows me to maximize you know my earning potential theoretically. Yeah, um, or it could be I do sales for this company, I do sales at a high level. I'm dabbling in content marketing over here. I'm doing art. Over here, I'm running my own business, selling that art, like like whatever it is, what, you know, so like if that's going to become more accessible to people, one, do people prefer that over maybe more stability of like, okay, I, I have one job, maybe I do different things in that job, but I see it as all the same yeah verse hey i want to be more, i want to diversify my work yeah and stuff and i i honestly haven't given a lot of thought of what do i think people prefer and and will happen and everything but it's it's interesting
0: i love the idea of thinking of yourself as a personal agency like you yeah. have personal agency and you are a personal agency and you're almost like contracting out different things to scratch different
1: itches. Yeah. Um, you're starting there's to see. Some, there's something I, I like that concept overall. And like the concept of like treating yourself as a business and like me dot ink and all that type of stuff yeah. and whatever other people have called it. Yeah. There's but- something that has never appealed to me about it either though. And like, what gets me really excited is building things beyond myself, yeah, and you know with praxis, I see this as okay, like this is something we could have pretty awesome impact with over a long long timeline, and but I like that I see it, I see it as something more than just like me and like my career whereas like if I was if I viewed it more as like okay I'm a I'm constantly a free agent and I'm going from spot to spot and everything and you know the from a philosophical standpoint of like what do I think other people should do like do whatever you want (laughs) and and I think it's really cool to just have all those options and stuff but I don't know if I would personally prefer to, to lean into that direction.
0: Yeah. So another book I sh- I I forgot to mention earlier that I, I just finished and I'm reading a different a second companion to this or whatever is uh Rich Dad Poor Dad. And so he talks about this thing called the cash flow quadrant. And basically it's it's where you earn your money. One of them is as an employee, small business owner. Um an actual big business owner. So like something that you can not be part of the business, you own the business, you don't have to participate in it. And then as an investor, I think it's that that kind of approach is interesting, applied to the same thing where yeah. may, maybe it's not about having four different um, employee employment contracts, but like diversifying
1: those yeah, different
0: your income streams. And, and it's like, so yeah, I do, I do sales here but I also have my own little small business. I have a paid newsletter or whatever. And then I started a business last year and it's runs itself. And I also buy real estate or I do some stock investing or I have a venture capital fund or whatever it is. Like I almost think the people who, you know, it's not just about achieving financial freedom, but like go out and achieve the kind of career freedom that they really want. Like they're structuring their lives in a way where they're, they're building us some assets where it's not just how can I do more inputs of my time and work and whatever? How, how can I get more out of all the stuff I already know how to do basically? Yep.
1: Yeah. I like that. A cool personal thing about it is that I think probably our generation has this in particular is, well, maybe that's not true, but it does exist. And that personal, I you identify with your job yeah, probably too much. Yeah. And what you're describing is like you would never identify with just one thing you'd be identifying with on a more individual basis of both like, Hey, here's my unique stack of yeah. things that I work on and my different income streams and everything like that, as well as like, Hey, here are my unique skills and strengths and contributions, Yeah. um, as opposed to like my mental health is dependent on this one company yeah. and its status of, you know, is it the up and coming startup or is it, you know, is it just successful or not, or what's happening and, and everything.
0: Yeah. There's, I think that as you, as you, I mean, like, like you said, we, our generation does identify a lot, but I think as you start to move away from just, I only am an employee here, not only do you get a little bit more freedom, but maybe like less stress, like less anxiety, because as you start to embrace those other sides of your identity and like going out and I don't know, being an artist in your spare time, whether you're doing it for money or not, like letting those. You know, I'm I'm multi I'm multidimensional. Like letting some of those other dimensions out. So
1: well I think having that freedom, then you have far fewer excuses of like feeling trapped at your job. Yeah. Because like, okay, if you know, assuming more and more people are, are going to be capable of this. So it's easier to have two, three, four different opportunities you're working on. Now you should never, like you should never feel stuck in one place. And therefore, you know, more companies have more satisfied contributors, whether they're <laughs> employees or not. And theoretically that should lead to better overall performance of, of all those companies and everything. And personal fulfillment happiness satisfaction what have you
0: it's exciting to think about definitely different times in where you know the the traditional employment career um approach used to be like what it used to be in the past so exciting times all right it's been another episode hit subscribe tune in we've got more stuff coming your way soon